What's up and welcome back to the Jetstream, the official New York Jets podcast of Gotham Sports Network. My name is Jesse Finver and along with me as usual is my partner in crime, Connor Sheeran. Connor, this, is a, this, was a, this wasn't a good one. It was a tough week. It was a tough, tough week. week. Especially because we were, we were very excited. And we were. We were stupidly excited. We, you know, we week. were like, yeah, it was just... Yeah, I, you know, we I bought remember. in. We bought in. No, we, not even. We didn't buy in. We were just like, oh, maybe we can like, you maybe know, Zach looked good in the end of the first half of the, the the end of the second half in the first game. Maybe he can like do it again in the second game. No. I I tweeted no. before the, before kickoff. I said, uh, I hate that I feel even remotely good about this game. And lo and behold, about mm. forty minutes after that tweet was posted. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't worry. We'll be getting into it. And joining us, we have a guest this week. Joining us is the one of the original. Are, are you are you the no, you're the second. You were the second co-host I had on this show. Uh, I was one of the co-hosts that you had on the show. Yes. One of the co-hosts <laughs> I had on the show. And if you recognize that voice is because he used to grace these airwaves across Gotham Sports Network's podcast network. Andrew Claudio is back. Hi, guys. How you doing? And I'm let's just kind of like get into it. Am I the only one that knew what was going to happen on Sunday? No, on Sunday. No, no we, we knew. No, no, I wanted to, right. I wanted to feel good. <laughs> All right. So here's, here's my little spiel before we get into things. Uh, okay. I, I went to that game. Oh, wow. You're in the uh, building. I was in the building. Um, and like, not only was I in the building, I had like really cool seats. My friend took me to the game and he had really cool seats in the green room. And if you know what the green, if you don't know what the green room is, it is a club only open in MetLife during Jets games. It's not available to the Giants at all. It is the WinBet Jets green room. So like, there's like gambling and stuff. You walk in and like they give you like like this guy's like, hey, do you want to place a bet? I'm like, dude, like, relax, right? <laughs> like get the fuck away from me. All right, I, if I want to bet, I'm gonna bet on my phone. I don't need you placing bets for me. <laughs> so that was there, but like it was cool. The Islanders sat right behind me. Joe Namath walked in. I walked past, past Nick Mangold. I was too scared to talk to either of them. Um, I dapped up Matt Martin. Um, nice. You know, there uh, I sat right next to. Um, uh, he was the Corey Schneider, who's their goalie, and he was on the Devils. So it was a fun day. Um, it was fun for about ten minutes, uh, and then everything went went wrong uh, it, it, from from like the very first drive when it was it was the defensive it was from, legit it was, the, very it was first drive. the very first drive it honestly it was like the second play of the game I'm pretty sure you know I can actually I can actually look up the play-by-play and I, I think you're right I, I am pretty sure it is yeah so it was a punt Damian Harris yeah, yeah that, it was the like, Pats were driving and then the Jets sacked Mac Jones and knocked him out of field goal range Yep. Yeah, it was like one of the first plays of the entire game where the Jets, you know, forced a fumble and then they the refs blew it dead. And all weekend I've been dealing with this bullshit. All right. I've been dealing with ref bullshit all weekend as a Penn State fan when the SEC refs, which, by the way, why are SEC refs officiating an SEC Big Ten game? That makes no sense. All right. <laughs> they made Penn State punt on third down. Because they lost track of the downs. So I've been dealing with this shit all weekend. And then these NFL refs have the gall to blow a play dead before the play's over. 
And that kind of just changed the whole complexion of the game. So from that moment on, to answer, this is a long-winded way of saying, Claudio, you are not alone in thinking that this was not going to be a good, a good day. What, what we were hoping for was just, you know, more progression. Um, I think it's two games is too early to say that what we saw was regression because he didn't really regress from anything because we didn't really, we've, we've seen nothing from Zach Wilson. But overall, it was just an incredibly frustrating day. Um, being in the building, it was the first home opener. The crowd was the loudest crowd I've been a part of uh, outside of Penn State football games. So that's like, I mean, that's, you're not going to beat a Penn State like that. There's like one stadium in the country that may be able to top that. MetLife was rocking. All right. It was rocking. It was a fun atmosphere. The introduction, Zach Wilson got a huge ovation. Elijah Moore got almost, almost just as big as an ovation as Zach Wilson. And the game was like over kind of before it started. And not that that's a bad thing. We're used to that against the Patriots. Right. But I think that with a new coaching staff, a new quarterback, he was promising in the second half against Carolina. We were like, all right, like that. He looked good. He looked good in the second half against Carolina. Right. Seeing that performance from Zach Wilson was just disheartening. I think that's the right word where I'm not, I'm not I didn't give up. I'm not like giving up on Zach Wilson after two games. I'm not giving up on Trevor Lawrence after two games where he's thrown just as many interceptions as Zach Wilson and has less passing yards. Like people need to relax about all these rookie quarterbacks. The, this is going to happen. They all played uh, the Mac Jones played the best and he had a very, he threw for like, I don't even call it average. I'm looking at it right now. He had 159 passing yards, right? And he had no touchdowns and he basically just checked down his average pass attempt was like six and a half, like not even six and a half yards per, per Damian attempt. Harris was the leading receiver for the Patriots. It was the exact same thing as Darnold in the Panthers game, right? He was exactly. Checking down, he was throwing short routes. He was in the words of Robert Sala. He was playing boring football. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what we need Zach Wilson. And we'll get to that. We will. Yeah. But just to kind of tie this all up, you know, we need to, just as Jets fans, I need everybody to take a collective deep breath. Okay. Because Bill Belichick does this to everybody. Mm-hmm. You go through the lists of quarterbacks in the NFL. This has happened to them in their rookie season against Bill Belichick. If, if they're unlucky enough to play Bill Belichick in their rookie season. Patrick Mahomes didn't happen to him. Well, he wasn't a rookie when he was playing. He was in his second year. Yeah, but you said (laughs) his first year, Jesse, and that's the first time he started. Why couldn't Zach Wilson be Patrick Mahomes? Because only Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Riddle me that, Jesse. Yeah, Jesse. Plus his his head coach had been to Super Bowls before and is (laughs) the second. like Super Bowl before, sir. Bowls, multiple, went with the Packers under Mike Holmgren in in the 90s. That doesn't count. Sure it does. He was the quarterback's coach for Favre, right? Are we talking about Andy Reid? OC, yeah. Yeah. Andy Reid went to the Super Bowl with the Eagles, too. Yeah. That's that one Super Bowl. That's the one that matters. He was on Holmgren's staff. That counts. No, it doesn't. Yeah, he has a ring for the Packers. Yeah, Yeah, it doesn't count. Why? Because I said (laughs) so, Jesse. You're wrong. (laughs) You only get Uh, it if you're the head coach. If you're the water boy, you went to the Super Bowl. You got a ring. But he wasn't the water boy. He wasn't carrying anybody's water. He was doing stuff. He was doing stuff. Guess what? That's not the point. Go to the Super Bowl. All right. What happened to Justin Herbert last year against the Patriots? Got shredded. Got shredded. Right. I can I can go. I can I don't need to go through the list. Anybody who plays Bill Belichick when you're a rookie 
even if it's your first time ever playing him and you've never seen him, like you've never seen the Patriots defense before, you're just going to be, you're going to get destroyed. Mm-hmm. It's just what it's going to be. I forget who said it, but uh, it might, I mean, it might have been Wilson saying that you can watch, you can scheme and you can watch as much game film about a Bill Belichick defense as you want. When you get on the field, it looks completely different. Yeah. It's just, that is just how good of a coach that man is. And it's just like, you can't like that. That's, there's a reason the seeing ghost game happened. There's a reason that game on Sunday happened. It's they're just, just they're, they're not they're, ready for it. And yeah, you're asking and a rookie quarterback to go up against the greatest head coach of all time in his second career game, his first home start with the hopes of an entire fan base on his shoulders. And it's like the, the first game back after a pandemic like, come on, we're, we're, we put a lot on that young kid's shoulders. Like what? Like, like it, yeah, exactly. It's not an excuse, but it's just like perspective. Right. That's what we're asking. Yeah, you know, it's not like, I mean, it, and Bill is a genius. I mean, like one moment you could be thinking that they're going to be sending pressure and the next they all drop back and they rotate and you're just like, what the hell just happened? Mm-hmm. And then you throw an interception to nobody like that fourth interception. I mean, that was probably just an arm punt because it was third and 28. But like, I mean, we, we need to see better than that. Yeah. <laughs> but like I brought up Trevor Lawrence before, you know who they played this, this past week? They played the Broncos. You know who they're, who plus defensive plays for them? Vic Fangio, one of the best defensive minds in the NFL, right? Trevor Lawrence is really, really good, but he also threw like multiple interceptions this week against a really, really good defense. It's going to happen to Zach Wilson again next week when we go to Denver, we're going to get to that later. But like, Rookie, the, the point of all this is a rookie quarterback struggle. And you just got Jets fans just need to take a deep breath. That was an embarrassing game. It was an embarrassing loss. There was a lot of optimism coming into that game. There was a lot of hype. This, this happens to rookie quarterbacks. It's happened specifically to Jets rookie quarterbacks a whole lot. Four times, in fact, it's happened where they've thrown four interceptions in the rookie season to a Bill Belichick defense. It happened yep. to Sam Darnold, Mark Sanchez. Like, I mean, he just it, multiple times. <laughs> it also happened to Alex Smith when he was a rookie. Like, Geno Smith, Geno Smith, Geno Smith. Also, I'm talking about, no, but Alex Smith. Oh, also. you're saying yeah. Alex Smith. When Alex he was Smith also okay. did that. Yeah. Another yeah. good quarterback. <laughs> like it, it happens, guys. It happens. And so with that, we can get into the actual game itself. Um, first of all, Claudio, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me, guys. First, you know, thank if that's first of all, thank you. Of course. You know, I, I I wanted you to come on the show this week because you are a level-headed sports fan, um, and I think that people should hear from <laughs> people of your ilk. You know, your 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 mindset, right? So I think that. It was it was just something, you know, I was debating if I wanted to save you for next week because we talked about this before the season. You know, I'm pretty sure we've had you on like after week three, like three years in a row now. And it's, it's usually last week, last year, between weeks two and three, it came on and literally said, there's an 0-16 record in here if you look at it closely. And lo yeah. and behold, 11 weeks later, you're still looking at. Oh, in 16. Oh, we were we were close. Yeah. We were looking at more than just that. We were we were looking at point differential records. We were looking at a whole lot of stuff that the Jets were going to be doing. So the thing about rookie quarterbacks yes, and what you just mentioned, like I didn't expect Zach Wilson to do that. I will say that I, I was shocked that it was going to be that bad. But larger of an issue for me is like 
they've given this kid the reins and there's no backup. There's no like, it's not your day. We're going to sit you mm-hmm. and then still give a defense that actually played pretty well on Sunday a chance to win the game. And it's not a shot at Zach Wilson's confidence because if if they wanted to, they could have kept the play calling like it was in the first two and a half quarters. And Zach Wilson sitting here with a seven interception game on his resume so far. And I I always go back to Sanchez's rookie year because, yes, he did have a bad game. And we I think it was like seven or eight against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. But that season, week two of the season, they played the, the Patriots at uh, the Meadowlands and the Jets won 16 to nine and Sanchez his entire job was don't turn the ball over. It was check down city like what the Patriots are doing with Mac Jones right now. I'm not overly impressed by Mac Jones. All this talk about like Manisha's tweet about how he's in the best situation. Yeah. The rookie drafted later in the draft where more teams are closer to the playoffs is in the best situation. Brilliant analysis. Genius. <laughs> um, like, my overall thoughts with Wilson are way more like you've given this kid all of the reins to, to turn everything around. All of your hope is riding on him and he better be that guy or else like there's no Josh will Josh Allen um, improvement coming because Josh Allen, like everything around him got better with Zach Wilson. Man, he better be the guy, which I'm not out on him. I'm not worried about like I'm not I'm not saying like I'm no, worried no, I know. about him, Jesse. It's just like it was, it was more of the now, t- now the it's Josh way Allen. more like this is what happens if he struggles. Like all of the questions are gonna come, all of the nerves are gonna come, all of the comparisons to all the failed rookie quarterbacks are gonna come, and there's no like you're all given room to fail. Which yeah, we're going to see what he's we're going to see. Yeah, we're going to see what he's made of for sure. One thing that and you not, mentioned, not only that, sorry, not to put you no, on. Go, 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 go. Not only that is <laughs> Darnold's doing like Darnold's doing well those first two games, which is only compounding the fact that the media is going to hound him for it and hound the Jets for it. Like they're yeah, already starting. That's to, a media already, thing, though. Like, and then which right, is a real I thing, know. which is a real thing because it, it, you know, they they're the ones asking the questions, right? You know? it's, and it's that, that is by no means a reflection on Wilson, and shouldn't be, you know. Right. And it's, it's not a reflection on Darnold either. It's just like you know, the Jets decided to move on. Look, Darnold's probably there. You know, he's he, Panthers are two and zero. He's played well those first two games. He's got to be ecstatic that he's not he's not with the Jets anymore. Look at the situation he's in. Yeah. Why, why are like that's. I mean, who wrote it today? Mike Beccaro, I think, saying that like Wilson and Salah are already on the hot seat. Yeah, like, insanity. And I love Vaccaro. Mike Mike is one of my favorite columnists. I'm a big fan of his. That was an ass nine article. That was one of the like Yeah. It's horrible. Week two. It was week two. <laughs> yeah, it's week two in his rookie season. I mean, and both their rookie campaigns. One thing I wanted to bring up, because you mentioned, you know, if he, um, Claudia, you mentioned if he kept on throwing the way, doing what he was doing. I mean, yeah, he threw like three interceptions on like three pass attempts or whatever, like two and two pass attempts, um, which by the way, Joe Burrow did three and three pass attempts. Another mm-hmm. rookie quarterback who struggled yeah. against a good defense. Uh, or not rookie, but second year. Yeah. Um, year two. Year two, uh, so Zach, well, this is from Michael Nania, a uh, friend of ours, friend of the show. Zach Wilson by half. First half, this is both games combined. He, first half of games, he's 9 of 23 for 129 yards and four interceptions, 5.6 yards per attempt and an 18.5 rating. Whew. That's not good. Nope. Second half, 30 of 47 for 339 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, 7.2 yards per attempt and a 90.6 rating. 
so both halves, they're trailing by double digits and the other team is in a zone. So, like. so he says he follows this up saying this isn't really a product of garbage time stat padding. The majority of these second half throws have come on low percentage, tight window, under pressure throws. He legitimately just has been far better in the second half of both games. Not that he was good in the second half versus New England. He was still bad, but far less bad than the first half. And he did th- hit three elite throws in that half. I like I like Nani, but he has a tendency to post stats and stuff like that. Just trying to like dress. Yeah, I don't buy it. I'm sorry. I I, I, I wanted to bring that up because I wanted to get your takes. Yeah, I respect him for doing that because he used to do that with Darnold all the time, saying it's like Sam Darnold is only like the third quarterback to throw for 250 yards, like when he's under 22 years old, and he (laughs) did this on September 17th. Like he he would. It was raining. The most like minute possibility to like make it to dress things up and listen i want to eat the slop i want to feel good about it so i would always read those nania tweets and just be like hell yeah like let's go and i was doing it this i was doing the same way like perspective perspective and then you just gotta look at it and just be like okay but at its core what does that actually mean like and that not a whole lot to be honest second half versus first half so after you adjust to things that is a good that is a, a, a good sign you're adjusting, you're adjusting the game plan. The coaches got through to you at halftime, that sort of thing. So there's some legit legitimacy behind that, but at the same time, you know. All right, I want to talk about halftime adjustments real quick and okay. f- fill fans in on a little little secret that th- they they don't exist. They're not they're not real. They don't really do anything. Um, they may like the, like the head coach and like the OC, like whoever's on the field on the coaching staff may talk about stuff, but. Um, and, and you, if you watch football, you know this. There are a whole lot of coaches upstairs, up in the box, you know. And so, how long is halftime, guys? 15 minutes. Like 15 minutes, 12 minutes, something, something like that. 15, like that, yeah. 20 minutes. Actually 20 in the locker room is probably like 10 to 12 minutes. Right. All right. How long does it take to get from the box upstairs to the locker room? Oh, shit. Like 10 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> Close to it. There yeah. are no halftime adjustments. There may be like a thing that like the OC will like just like say, hey, all right, we're going to try and run the ball more this half. But like, which is what they did, <laughs> which is what they did. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> but like that's like they're like when you see like halftime adjustments, like you'll see that in the playoffs or maybe like when, like when the halftimes are longer or like the Super Bowl when there's like a 40 minute show and you can make some adjustments at half, you know, but like when I was working in when I was working covering uh, Mississippi State games, specifically Mississippi State games, um, the, the majority of the coordinators were up in the box and at half or even near half, they blocked off the elevators and they cleared a corridor. The coaches had to run through the press box essentially. Right. And go through the hallway, through all the people trying to get their lunch and, or I guess dinner or whatever it would be at whatever time of day. And like, they would be pushing through people to get to the elevators and then they'd get downstairs and then they'd be right back up like 10 minutes later. They would like spend like two minutes in the locker room. Halftime adjustments, just they aren't a thing, folks. They just aren't something that I, I didn't realize how short halftime was until I was like, I was like, oh, because usually I'm on red zone. Halftime happens. I just flip. I'm like, all right. You know, but like being at the game, I was like, whoa, that was that was, that was quick. Yeah. And look, I think when you work in the industry, you pick up on stuff like that. But yes. like that doesn't mean you don't reset at halftime, which is what I've always looked at the NFL for. Like you do. And I also respect to Nania for um, piggybacking stats like that, but I'm, I'm sorry. Like you're, it's a fair take to be like Zach Wilson had 
an, a mediocre first half and a good second half against the Panthers and then a bad game against the Patriots. And we don't need to contextualize yeah. anything because at a certain point, the Jets were like, we're not going to let him keep throwing interceptions. And that's why you had four tries from the five and you're still even, in yeah. the, like, don't even like you're going, you're running the ball on third down with no plan to go for it on fourth down to make it 10, three. Like, I'm sorry that right there. Let me know the game was over because it was like, okay, they're not going to let him take chances. And then when they did try to open up the playbook in the third quarter, he throws another pick to nobody. And then it was like, all right, there's no way he's going to be allowed to make a legitimate throw downfield unless it's like in a zone when they're playing back, which gives you the 210 passing yards. Right. I think it's as simple as this, guys. He didn't have it. He just didn't have it. Even on the throws that which he hit. Like is the wheel fine. To, yeah. That yeah. wheel route to Elijah Moore. Remember that, that earlier mm-hmm. in the game? That should have been a touchdown. Yeah. It should have been a touchdown. You look, you go back and like, I was excited because it came Nobody right after, in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. It came right after the two picks. And then you look at it again and you're like, fuck. Like and he had on, one dude. and he had one he had one man he would have had one man to beat uh and, and my Elijah Moore would have beat him. Yeah, because the hips were turned. It would have been it would have been an easy touchdown. Um But to Jesse's point, you know who also didn't have a good game on Sunday or like a great game on Sunday? Mac Jones. Jones. You're not asking these rookie quarterbacks that aren't Patrick Mahomes, don't show up looking like Justin Herbert to win games for you. Some re- weird to think about this with those versions of great quarterbacks. The the Pat Mahomes showing up in year two and being what he was or Andrew Luck showing up and being great. Like rookie quarterbacks are going to struggle. They're going to look like rookies. And that's why like my overall take from Sunday going in, like I did, I didn't mean to cheat on you guys, but I did a preseason pod with, with my buddies over at Knicks jets, et cetera. I saw that. And I, I, pro- I knew I, Jesse, I did text you first. That is a thing. Okay. <laughs> you said week three therapy says, cause you also saw this coming. So like they had the jets winning on Sunday or at least being competitive. And it's like, I don't see the jets beating the Patriots this year. I think they can because Brady's not there, but like their defense, they're back. Like that's, what's going to be the Patriots right. path to the playoffs. The defense that was unstop was unscorable against two years ago. They're back. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, they played the Dolphins, who have looked not good, okay. and they've played the Jets, who have also looked not good, and have allowed twenty three points. I think the Patriots, in terms of talent, like I think they win like seven games this year. Maybe. Oh, I'm higher. I'm I'd higher. go up to nine. No, 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 no. guys. I'm making the playoffs. I have them. Guys, get ten and seven or eleven and six. Guys, what? They haven't played anybody yet. You know what their schedule is? They already have two division wins. Yeah, that, that's pretty They have good. one division win. They're in, fr- they're in first place. Be- oh, the, the, Dol- they lost oh, the yeah. Dolphins. That's right. They lost they the lost Dolphins. I forgot they lost that game. Didn't that feel like a win? Yeah. Connor? Yeah. yeah, they, lo- yeah. They, they lost by one. Yeah, the Danny have- Harris fumble is the only reason they lost. It's like saying the Chiefs right. like, lost to the Ravens if Hilaire holds onto the ball. They, listen, their schedule is not easy. Next week, they have the Saints, who... Last week, the Saints looked horrible, but that was because they were missing eight coordinators. They have to practice in Dallas. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, there's a I lot of things going that. on with the Saints, and I th- and their stadium was on fire today. Yeah. Like, Even more of a reason <laughs> to pick the Patriots against Jamin. I don't know if... That man it, came crashing. The, yeah. the Pats will win. The Pats will win that game if, like, the... Like the variables are the same for the Saints as they were last week. Like if they don't have their eight coaches and all these different things, I think the Saints are really good. It's just you know they uh, 
they kind of have some things going on. Then they have the Bucks, a win against the Texans, obviously. Cowboys, Chargers, Panthers, Browns. The Jets are in there somewhere. Titans, Bills, Colts, Bills. Like, I don't see a lot of W's there. I do, which is, I think, just perspective then. I see, like, I, I just, have them beating the Chargers. I have them beating the Cowboys. Like, that's that might just be our perspectives then. I think that they're, they're, they, they have the least talent on offense, I think, in the entire league. What would mm, I think they played a team that has a pretty low amount of talent on offense this Sunday? The Jets have way more offensive skill position talent they, than the Patriots no, do. The Jaguars are definitely in a much worse. Jaguars position. are worse. Yeah, they're worse. They have the worst. I, I like I Jaguars. like Chark and Marvin Jones more than I, I can't even name you a Patriots wide. Uh, Jacoby Myers. But if we learned anything, uh, they also. I mean, not that. John Smith and Hunter Henry. Woo. Nelson Aguilar. Right, but they can Nelson, beat you with that James bum Aguilar. Not, not that he's anything to, you know, write home about. But if we learn anything from these first two weeks of, you know. They're going to be better the, coached the, than like Jaguars, everybody. Yes. The Jaguars like, haven't run a play in the red zone, I'm pretty sure, so far this season. All right. That's not. I'm not. <laughs> I, the Jaguars. They're playing the Jaguars. The Patriots will beat the Jaguars. Easily. They're going to go like, they're going to go like, what is it? Seven and ten. Or yeah, eight and be. nine, something like that. They're not going to make the playoffs. And if they, they make the playoffs, there'll be a first round exit. Mac Jones is not leading this team to the playoffs. They don't have enough offensive talent. They just don't. Maybe if they still had Edelman and Gronk and a couple of other pieces, you can be like, oh, like he has people he can throw to. But he just doesn't. He has nobody. Hunter Henry and John Smith are just, they don't do it for me. Claudia. Do I think the Patriots are the same like Super Bowl borderline guarantee like they used to be? No. I'm not telling that coach with a retooled offseason and a retooled defense that they're a seven win team. They won seven last year with Cam Newton on the team. So like I'm yes, their offensive like uh, limitations are there. I'm not there yet with like they're, they're a fumble away from being two and zero right now. So I'm not there yet on the, the Patriots. Their limitations will cost them nine losses this year. I, I heard today that somebody I, I I'm I'm pissed that I can't remember who said it, but it was a talking head on TV. Okay, that said that because there was the whole um, the whole thing about how the be- the best situation or the uh, the redraft, right? If there's mm-hmm. a redraft, uh, somebody was like, "Yeah, I, I take Mac Jones one right now." Oh, it was Boomer. It was Boomer. Mm-hmm. Of course, Boomer Esiason. Boomer Esiason said, "Yeah, he was like he was talking Boston Radio. He was like, you know, I mean, if you gotta pick somebody, you gotta pick Mac Jones, right? Like he's been pretty good so far. Blah blah blah. In a redraft, <laughs> so they're gonna pick him over Trevor Lawrence. The Jaguars are gonna pick Mac Jones over Trevor Lawrence. And Jesse. somebody said, and that's <laughs> my point. Hold on, my the the thing that was that was horrible that I heard was they're like, yeah, you know, like, man, imagine Trevor Lawrence on the Patriots. They'd be Super Bowl contenders. No." <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not how this works. <laughs> I think that's they're trying to get a reaction works. out of you, and they did that. And they're working, and it's working. It worked, yeah. It, it wasn't, easily. but that was. It's like the it's like the Boston journalist that asked Zach Wilson asked Zach Wilson in the press conference on Sunday. Were you seeing ghosts out there? Yeah. B- to I be mean, honest, that was great. That was a great. I mean, question. it was funny. It that was, was incredible question. It was funny. And, like, and to be honest, knew- I was thinking it. 
You knew, well, yeah. But you know, la- but you see, he you laughed. Know- he laughed, and he was like, he like gave yeah. like a, a side look, like fuck this guy. Well, like, okay, to say something about that for Wilson, they asked him about like, did you hear them booing you? And he was like, they should be booing. Right, you. Look, I like that a lot. As a Mets fan, like three hours of Mets fan, we just went through this whole boo gate thing with the sensitive Mets that are like, don't boo us, we're bad. So what? Don't tell us that. Fine, booing doesn't work, but like, do your job. Right. That's a great answer from Wilson. Also, yeah, also, like he, they he spent their Sunday to come see me play football and I put up this shit performance. Go ahead and boo me. That's yeah. your right. Like, that's a also, great answer. Low key, because he, he started out. I don't know if it was that specific question or what he was saying, but he started out answering saying, like, you know, we couldn't get it done. We can do And he, he switched over to I couldn't get it done. I couldn't do this. Yeah. He, he, I mean, he knew he knew that the rest, literally the rest of the team had the pieces to win that game. The defense was was playing, you know, as well as they probably could be. The skill position, the run, the run game looked very good. The offensive line looked leagues better than the, the secondary. Game. The secondary, secondary looked, has looked like, fantastic so far. Yeah, this season. and that was and, what we thought was going to be the weakest part of the entire team, and they've looked pretty solid. And yeah. you know, it's been a top ten defense so far. Legitimately, literally the ranked. rest of the team played played winnable football and. The fa- I, I said it. the fact that that game didn't finish like 56 to six is incredible because the pay is this was the Patriots of old. Well, if yeah, you th- Tom if you Brady. Had this game against Brady, like you throw four interceptions, they're scoring touchdowns on all four of those drives. You yeah. think about and, it, four interceptions, two turnovers on downs and the Patriots scored 13 points off all of that, like 25 points total with six extra possessions. That's like, it's all, it's a testament to how Jesse said with how limited the Patriots offense is, but it's also like the defense did play decent on Sunday. Are you, I even go to like, uh, they were they played well, well yeah. on Sunday. I think and they did. They had like five. They deserve, sacks, I think. the defense Rankins, deserves praise. Like, it does. On the Rankins, Marcus May, uh, John Franklin Myers, Dr. Franklin Myers, JFM, extend man. That, that man. Dude, that dude is working towards man. his contract extension in a big way. And then 152 yards rushing. Like there was a point where every time they ran the ball, I was like, oh, they're getting Mike four or five yards out of this. Yeah. Michael Carter, yeah. the Ty Johnson, they, they looked great, you know? I thought the offensive line looked better. I thought that the defense overall just looked better. Secondary, I mean, all all facets, all three fat levels of the defense looked better. Um, and the, 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 the offensive line, the run game, it, it was... There's one person to blame, and he blames himself, which is good. It's Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson was the reason why the Jets lost that game. It wasn't... There was, there was some questionable... I wouldn't say, I mean, you, like when they were down to 22 to three and they kicked the field goal, uh, you, people you were have like, to do that. You have to do that. But people you. were like, you didn't go Thank for you. it. Like, like Connor I mean, Hughes tweeted out. He's like, what are you doing? Why aren't you going for it? What is the big deal? Matt. They score the touchdown. The game's over anyway. Are you really yeah, going mean, to like risk is one of these guys getting hurt or Wilson throwing another interception or just math. You're down three possessions. Kick, you're yeah, still going to so kick the field goal at some point. Now you're down, <laughs> you, kick that, you kick that field goal. You're down. You're down. You're down 16. Now that's two possessions. Now it's, I mean, the, it's, it's literally the, the, the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl where I always, whenever I see 19 point scores, it's always like, all right, so we think the 28 to three is bad. But realistically, it was a three-possession game. They were at, down twenty-eight to nine to start the fourth quarter, and then the the Patriots just had to look at let's get the ball back three times. Yeah. And every nineteen-possession game, I always go back to that. Like, all right, like get the field goal if you can. And right. obviously, the Jets went for it there, which is why I, I saw that huge tweet and reacted the exact same way, Jesse. Yeah, I mean, you you can go for it there. 
Um, and then Zach throws another interception trying to force something and you shoot it, you bungle his confidence even more, or you take the points and you just they get two possessions now. I mean, the like Connor, Connor, you said it correctly. The game was over anyway, but like it's people are like people are, you know what, Claudio, I want to get your opinion on the coaching staff so far. Okay. Because because okay. there are a lot of Jets fans that are uh pissing me the fuck off, to, to be frank. Um it's been two games. The defense has looked awesome. Sala is doing a great job leading that unit. And and, and uh, Ulbrich, yeah, Ulbrich is the defensive coordinator. He's he's done a good job with this group. Um, Mike LaFleur has left some things to be desired, but it's incredibly obvious that he is significantly better than Adam Gase. And just look at the running game. Yeah. In ter- and in terms of situational play calling, like you're not seeing runs on second and 10 up the middle. You know, you're, you're not, not seeing you're not really seeing runs up the middle anymore. Yeah, you know? no, you're not. You're seeing you're seeing outside zone runs and you're seeing traps and you're seeing like you're seeing all the counters. You're seeing all these different types of run plays that toss like, like tosses. And even when the tosses weren't working and he was getting like stuff at the line or like a little bit behind the screen, it was like, this is just like, you know, yeah, it's so cool one, to see this. <laughs> one thing I will say about LaFleur that our buddy who was on last week, Tim Jenkins, pointed out was that, um, a lot of the the passing design concepts, especially like the rollouts, uh, we need to maybe dial those back a little bit because the spacing down the field has been atrocious. And you like, I remember, I just vividly remember his on his tweet seeing an all twenty two like screenshot of just like three wide receivers like right on top of each other, and like it was all on the left side of the field. And there are certain aspects, you know, where a rollout's good, you know, but we run a lot of them. And this is also Mike LaFer's first time ever calling plays. So like he's also learning on the job. Same with Sala, same with Wilson. So like these guys are all learning together. Uh, I think that we just need to, you know, give them more than two weeks. If by week 10, we're still seeing the exact same things, you know, week eight, week seven, like in that range, if we're still seeing like, uh, you know, it hasn't been predictable. So I can't even say that just like, you know, there's like some, design flaws or whatever it is. Yeah. You can have some, you can be concerned, mm-hmm. but like it, the biggest issue has been situational uh, play calling with Gase. And that seems to be a lot better. Um, I mean, you know, and if, if you can listen to the episode from last week, there's a whole lot that goes into calling plays other than just situation and down and distance and whatever. Like there's, I'm not going to get into it. If you want to, if you want to listen Tim's going to do a much better job explaining it in our last episode than I will. I'm not going to butcher that right now, but there's just a whole lot that goes into offensive play calling that normal football fans don't think about. And we need to be aware of that. So that's, I wanted to put that out there, but overall, I think the coaching staff needs a lot more time. You think just like the quarterback <laughs> needs much more time. Yeah. I was trying to say it to my uncle on Sunday. Cause he was just like, Oh, maybe he's not, he's, he's, he's been a wee bit. Of, one of the Can irrational I? jet fans. I was like, listen, Rookie quarterback, rookie OC, rookie head coach. And can He's you just a little time to cook? Can like, you remind your uncle they're missing their best player? What Carl Lawson looked like in the preseason looked like a game changer. This could have been the 2019 Niners. Maybe not to that extent, obviously, like because that's like hyperbolic, but like what he was looking like and how they were going to use him this year mm-hmm. could have been special. This this game could have been 10-6 in the fourth quarter with all those interceptions, maybe a defensive touchdown gets scored by the Jets and they're winning. Like that's how good this pass rush was going to look and they're missing their best player. So already 
expectations for the Jets should be managed because of like they're playing a man down and it's like the most important man. Take Mahomes yeah, like, off the Chiefs. And then what are you talking right, about? Well, hold on a second. I don't think we can be comparing training camp Carl Lawson to what Mahomes means to the Chiefs. That's, but just you get what I'm saying? Like, I get what you're Jets saying. Yes. Play well like, on defense on Sunday, right? Sure. But, now throw a, a like a dynamic pass rusher that would have put Mac Jones in some situations, especially with Trent just, Brown out. Yeah. Which he can't just check down all day. There was right. no legitimate threat that Mac Jones was going to beat us on Sunday. Right. It was just like our guys turning the ball over, giving them the ball in our, in our territory. That you, know what? you know what? You know what? Every team, every team deals with injuries though. The Patriots yeah. didn't have their best. They didn't have their best offensive lineman. You know, they didn't have arguably their best defensive lineman in Kyle Van Noy. Like there's, there's a, every team deals with injuries. It's just not, I'm not going to look at an, I'm upset about Carl Lawson for sure. Mm-hmm. He was going to be awesome, but I'm not going to lose sleep over, you know, what could have been with that just because like I'm not losing sleep. I'm telling Jets fans that expected more than what we've seen already. Like Connor's uncle, I guess we're using him <laughs> as the pinata today. I'm saying like, you got to manage your expectations better. Now you're playing with a team that already didn't have a ton of great depth on the roster with arguably your best player on defense missing. Now I will say like Mosley's actually playing and he actually yes. looked really good so far. Yes. Um, uh, Mike, the other Michael Carter looked really good on Sunday. Like, yeah, there are nice a lot ball. of things about this defense that look really good. And if they lose, like you mentioned, if they're 10 games into the season and they're three and seven, but more losses are like that, Titan like that uh, Titan like that Panthers game then like the Patriots game where it's like Wilson shows signs we're clearly just missing one or two more positions of strength and next season when we go in with a with a, a top 10 pick and a, a strength of schedule it's going to be more favorable to us and that's better if they're going to all look like the Patriots game then that's when you're frustrated with the coaching staff you sure know? you're frustrated with the coaching staff you're frustrated with the players too like, everybody yeah with, with Wilson um so, yeah, uh, I guess what uh, the point of that segment was that um, people like Connor's uncle need to chill the fuck chill out. The fuck out. Poor Connor's <laughs> uncle. I, I mean, he, yeah, we have a text, a text chain. Him, my dad, and then one of their like childhood friends. And it's just like, you listen to him. My dad's like trying to talk him off the ledge too. And I'm just like, listen, so I'm the only one that like, they're, you know, they're, they're old. It's men. your own personal WFAN. So they get they get their like you know news from like the newspaper where they see it like oh my dad, god and my dad lives in Delaware now so he he doesn't even have like and my uncle lives in Richmond Virginia. wait a new a news what a new, <laughs> huh? can I be honest what with you Connor guys like I wouldn't even know where to find one right now I really wouldn't know where to find a newspaper my mom my parents I go, go on the a- internet and Google the article and I'm like, well, I don't need the newspaper <laughs> my parents get the New York Post delivered to them in Delaware. I that's wild, right? Yeah, you yeah. guys. Isn't that crazy? It, so for those who do want to know where newspapers are, you can just go to like a convenience <laughs> like store, 7-Eleven, 7-Eleven, like a bodega. You can go there. Okay. And get one. Sure. <laughs> sure. But yeah. um, my favorite part of that was the day that Carl Lawson got hurt. My dad texts the text that chain at like 1145 at night. It's like Carl Lawson's out for the year. And the two of them are just like, no way. Meanwhile, the rest of us had known for 10 hours at that yeah. point. Like, I was like, look at him. I was like, yep, I know. Can I tell you a haunting story about the Carl Lawson? So you guys saw my, my pictures of my New England road trip I went on, right? Yes. And we yes. stopped in Foxborough. Okay. You know where I was when I found out about Carl Lawson? No. Oh, no. Walking the mall that's next to Foxborough. 
Oh. In Gillette? Oh, yes, man. I was in Gillette. Like, so it's at, your fault. Is that what you're saying? It's your fault? <laughs> if, listen, if you want to say it's my fault that a guy miles and miles away bad vibes. practicing against the Packers popped his Achilles, sure, I'll it's take the blame. The, it's the juju. It's the, it's, juju. the, it's the Claudio Jinx. Fine. That's all my fault. Uh, all right. I'm going to switch gears here for us. Um, I want to bring up a serious topic. Oh, no. And that is... Um, the Denzel Mims hysteria needs to stop. So what is the hysteria? Because I might not be as cued in as you guys are. Okay. Let me break it. Let me, let me just start with saying this. Under, in no uncertain terms, should Braxton Berrios be leading the Jets in every receiving category? Correct. Absolutely not. That should never, ever be a sentence that was ever uttered on anybody's podcast or for any team ever. Braxton Berrios... The man, the model that Woody Johnson used to reveal our jerseys, <laughs> right? Shocking. I know that that's who he picked. He's a very uh, good looking man. I will give him that. He's dating one of the Colpo sisters. He wasn't even, he was wearing, he was, first of all, when his helmet was up, he was looking down. You couldn't even see his face. And then he was wearing his helmet. So like, <laughs> pick a player that actually like is good. Like, come on. All right. Why okay. do I bring up Braxton Berrios? I agree that the targets, but Berrios has actually looks pretty good. So it's sure. not like just slandering for no reason. He shouldn't I am be slandering him because he is not good enough to be the leading receiver Correct. on any football team in the NFL or Correct. CFL or the XFL or <laughs> any team other than the Miami Hurricanes. Okay. That's where he went to college. All right. Why do I bring up Braxton Berrios? Because he's kind of taking targets away from and playing time away from the I, I guess Jets fans favorite player, Denzel Mims. Um, let me. So, Claudia, you said you're not really familiar with this whole saga. I mean, so. now that I'm looking at it. Yeah. Denzel Mims probably should get targeted more. But what's <laughs> why no. isn't he? OK, so last week, Robert Sala was asked that question. Why is Denzel Mims not playing now? He dealt with a, a stomach issue in OTAs and lost weight and everything and has just been dealing with that and whatnot and then came to camp and just i mean he just didn't play well in camp he he, he didn't stand out that much when we had dj on he was telling us he's just like the guy's running with like the, th the the twos and threes right now like he's just not he's not in like mainly threes like he's like legitimately like with the threes he's just not he's not doing it he's not getting it done and that was like we were uh, jets fans myself Connor included. We were all like, all right, like, you know what? He, he was sick. He's getting his legs back under him. He's trying to figure it out now. And, you know, COVID, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. We were making excuses, just trying to rationalize, figure out why he wasn't playing with like the second unit, at least in training camp. Well, week one comes along and he has one reception for 40 yards. And that was like a kind like, Zach like threw a seed through like fourth down. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah like down the sideline and he was getting hit as he threw it was an awesome throw. It was an awesome play. Um, but that's that's the thing. It was down the sideline. Mims ran in a straight line and that's all he can do. And why I brought up Salah in his press conference last week is because when he was asked this question, why is Denzel Mims not playing more? And the answer was that he just doesn't know the playbook. Essentially, he doesn't know the he knows the X, he doesn't know the, the, the Z. He doesn't know the other two wide receiver positions. Yeah, he's not a he route runner. Right, which you don't need to be a good route runner to know the playbook, though. 
Like you need to be able to I'm play with you, Justin. You need yeah. to, you need to play. You need to be able to play the slot. You need to be able to play both sides, right? <laughs> you need to know your blocking assignments. You need to know all these different things when you're playing wide receiver. Also, when you're the fifth man on the death chart, you need to be able to play special teams. Now, Jeff Smith is apparently the best gunner on the team. And the Jets, I think, punted like surprisingly, like only not that many times. Um, I only they saw punted, they punted once. They punted once. And again, six turnovers. I saw that at first. I was like, wait, really? And then I remembered, oh, wait. <laughs> right. So they punted, the ball over yeah, they turned the ball over. Turn yeah. around downs twice and four interceptions. You're not yeah. really punting. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so they punted, they punted once. And Jeff Smith, I, I saw DJ's tweet is like, yo, by the way, on that one punt, Jeff Smith obliterated his man from the gunner position, which if he's a good gunner, that's a really, really valuable position to have. You, you want to be able to get down the field as fast as possible to make sure that they don't flip the field position, right? That's an important special teams is very important. It's very underrated. Hence why Barrios is also getting all those. And runs. why Barrios, Barrios plays special teams. He, he he's returns the, he's kicks. A so the depth chart right now is... Corey Davis, Jamison Crowder, Elijah Moore, Keelan Cole. Where's Denzel Mims playing? You didn't even say he Braxton Berrios in that. Yeah, Braxton he Berrios. should play. He sh- yeah, Braxton Berrios is getting time in the slot. Well, he got time in the slot because Crowder is out. As far as depth is concerned, like he's ahead of Mims, you know? Technically, yeah. yeah, I guess so, because he knows the playbook, right? But in terms of talent, Mims should be playing over him. He should be playing over Keelan Cole. He should be playing over Jeff Smith. You know, he should be that fourth wide receiver right now. Legitimately, like, you know, you drafted Elijah Moore in the second round. I think that the team is higher regardless of like, if you look at like where the team was valuing Denzel Mims last year compared to where they value Elijah Moore this year, they're both second round picks, right? So if you're taking them, I think they value Elijah Moore higher than they did when they drafted him compared to Denzel Mims. But that doesn't mean that he shouldn't still be like on the, the, the fourth guy in the depth chart, right? So you have Corey Davis. He's paid a bunch of money. He has established himself in camp and in the regular season. He had 96, 94 yards and two touchdowns last week, right? Mm-hmm. You have Jamison Crowder, who's an established veteran, who's a slot guy, and he can be a safety blanket, and he's a legitimately good wide receiver. And then you have Elijah Moore, who you're really high on. He dominated training camp when he was healthy, and you really want him to be like one of those guys who can stretch the field and just be like a, a game breaker for you. I'm confused. Are you mad at Denzel Mims for not knowing the playbook? Or are you mad Absolutely. at Absolutely. Okay, so you're more anti Mims than you are. No, not no, I'm not anti Mims at all. You're I more want, upset that he's. I am rooting he's for the cause Denzel. of why he's not. Yes, a he more is his important own part of this offense. He is his thing. own worst enemy. Yes. Uh, so he absolutely is. I mean, so yeah, that's Were the reason. I mean, every every single. I think I think it's DJ that said it. He's like Jets fans are really out here caping for a guy who like pretty much admittedly says he doesn't know the positions that he needs to like, you know, what are we, what are we doing here? That's a good question. No, I really, I, I just, I just don't get. All right. So if we have Denzel Mims taking away, like who, who would you want Denzel Mims to take time away from? Keelan Cole. Right. I, think. I mean, you'd want him to take time from Keelan Cole, Cole is out there supposedly on Sunday and I, didn't I don't see think him. he got a target. Claudia, did you hear Keelan Cole's name called? No, I didn't. Did was I? By the way, was I frozen there for a second? You yeah, were. We bit. kept the combo going. You're good. Yeah. All right, you're good cool. baby. Don't worry. Don't worry. I we just got you. make it sure because you guys disappeared. That ain't no problem. That ain't oh. no problem. That ain't no problem. <laughs> there you go. Well done. Um, 
yeah, I, I got to be honest. I got nothing for you on this. I'm very like I, it's super early in the season. If this at this point, if Denzel Middens was targeted on Sunday, then Wilson would have thrown it to somebody else instead. No, like, he didn't dress. He wasn't active. Oh, so even more of a reason why. Then that's why I didn't see him yeah, on the field on scratch. Sunday. Mims yeah. was healthy scratch. So I guess I guess my question to you guys, not even a question, but I can leave it up for you guys to just we can just discuss further. But I don't understand. And, and you know what, Claudio? This is you, you're right. I am upset with Denzel Mims. I am. You, you are a second round pick in the NFL. It's your second season. I understand it's a new team and you're out for OTAs. Like, there's no excuse not know the playbook. You bring that shit home and you read it and you study it and you learn it. It's your job. They're paying you millions of dollars to do this. It's really not that hard. Like, I just and I hate being that guy who, like, criticizes athletes when, when they're, they're not when you're not in the room. Like, I'm not in the building. You know, I don't know what his work ethic is like. I don't the, like like firsthand. I have never seen him trained. I've never been around him. I, I don't know that. I'm going off what the head coach is saying. The head coach which I don't, you don't hear this. You don't, you don't see this happen where a head coach, like unless, unless it's real, you don't see a head coach, not, not just a head coach, a first year head coach come in and essentially just throw his, one of his top prospects under the bus saying, yeah, he doesn't know how to, he doesn't know the playbook. You know, when was the last time you heard that? Never. And I guess my only question would be like, if it's week seven and he's still getting healthy scratches, are you concerned with the coaching staff at that point? I think at that point that they would have had to. They would have. They would have. They would have either, cut him. Okay. Yeah. No, no they, wouldn't, they wouldn't even cut him. I think they would have just addressed it at that point, like like head on. Like I think Joe Douglas would have come. Like there had to have been there. There would have been something that happens for if he's getting healthy scratched in week seven. That means he's just like Josh Gordon doesn't give a shit about what's going on. I guess right. that was my question. Like, how many more weeks do you give it before like he figures out the playbook and we also need to the, now like see him on the field? The idea of like him him getting healthy scratched and not even like dressing makes like leads me to believe that Sala and Douglas have had a conversation about moving him. And you know what? Hold like, on. Like I wanted to say something real quick. Keelan Cole didn't even play last week. He was he scratched dressed? too. He no, it was him and Crowder were out for COVID stuff. Well, I knew Crow- I knew Crowder was cleared, but I think they said he hurt. Like he, he tweaked his groin or something like that in practice. Yeah, Cole didn't play. Cole Are didn't you play. Sure? That's positive. That's why you didn't hear his name. I thought it was go just the, Mims and Crowder that got. Go scratched. to the. I'm look at the box score right now. Yeah, he didn't get a single. He didn't. There was not not even a single target. Right. Yeah, he didn't play. The only guys that got targets were Barrios, Moore, Jeff Smith, Michael Carter, Ryan Griffin, Tyler Croft, Corey Davis. We also haven't seen this this offense at full strength yet at all. Like not even close to full strength. You know, you're supposed to have Crowder out there. That's going to be like that's a big difference. You you go from Braxton Barrios to Jamison Crowder. I mean, I it, they're just there there there's levels to how good these guys are. And one's I got my hands. I'm showing you guys one's here. <laughs> Bad radio. <laughs> and one one's up here and one's down here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's the uh, the Denzel Mims situation. Jets fans. Chill out. All right. I, I feel like I'm saying that a lot, but like it's it's necessary because there are so many Jets fans freaking out. They are. But why are you saying that a lot? Because we've been through this like I, we have. I am sorry. Jesse, uh, excuse me, Connor's uncle to keep bringing you up as an example. But the reason we're freaking out is because of what's happening in Carolina, because it's New England doing it to us, because the Bills had the reclamation project 
turn into a star that we were supposed to have because that is ingrained into this fan base until further notice. It's just it's part of the gig. Yeah. And yes, we can be rational on a podcast and say, like, I'm tired of this shit, but you still have to treat every situation as different. But we're just off of them getting the guy wrong and ruining the quarterback to now a no, new coach, new OC, new quarterback. And the PTSD of here we go again is built in. And I can't stress the impact enough that Darnold came in, came into a shitty situation with Bowles as the head coach. And then he went into an even worse situation with Gase. Wilson is coming in and like, you know, with better weapons than Darnold ever had, you know, mm-hmm. with a, like, he's, I mean, he's unproven because he's only coached two games. LaFleur's never called plays before, but I mean, I think it's safe to say that Gase is among the worst head coaches of all time in the NFL. Gase should no, never work no, again. It's, it he is, should never work again. It yeah. is, no, it is, well, he's, he's, he's the offensive coordinator of a high school in Michigan, so that's why he's not working again. He should get fired from that job, too. Couldn't Connor, get a job think, in the NFL, couldn't get a job in yeah. college. Like, that's I think where that, it is. He's been banished to the shadow realm. I think that every every fan in the NFL yeah, like understands, you know. And we knew. We knew from the second that he was hired that this was going to, that this, not that Darnold was going to flame out with the Jets, but that it was... It's the wrong hire. It was the yeah. absolute... It was like the worst hire. the wrong hire. Yeah. We, we know Dolphins fans. We, we're, on, we're on the internet. One of my and, best friends is a Dolphins fan. He, 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 <laughs> I don't know if he called me that night or he like texted me, and it was just like, you know, it was just him laughing. Oh, yeah. My buddy was just he laughing knew. at me, too. He, yeah, he, he's he a Dolphins knew. fan, and he was I, cracking up. I remember being in the Gotham football chat, and we're all back and forth of, like, McCarthy should be the guy. Kingsbury should be the guy. I want Munkin. What about Matt Rule? And the collective fuck the way <laughs> Adam Gase got named head coach. And the three, like, all the Jet fans were like, oh, my God. And all the Giant fans were like, LOL. <laughs> And correct me if I'm wrong, but like this was during the holidays too. It was, it was January. Yeah. yeah. January. And so we're all like, oh, come on, they don't get this wrong. It, that's one of my more fonder yeah. Gotham Sports Network moments. That was, that was, it, was really it was definitely like one of those moments that like, because I mean, you're obviously not in it anymore, but I, I would say like 80% of the chat now is Ethan complaining about. Dave Gettleman. Yeah, listen, you see the, you see the Nick stuff behind me. We've been yeah. saying it. They're yeah. stuck in Steve Mills land. Yeah, nothing will change about that franchise until the guy in charge is gone. Correct. Well, the and Jets. It, Wait, hold on. No, the Giants. Oh, so the okay. Giants. Okay. Yeah. The like they're they're guy who's in charge. They're perennial. Okay. Like Brett and you know. Oh, I, I know I, Brett. I, yeah. I know this doesn't make sense to people that aren't that don't really follow Gotham besides this podcast, but it's like the Giants fans that are in the, like that chat with us. It's like they they all get it. They all understand that it's like he's the root of the problem and the worst case scenario that's going to happen for them is that the giants are going to win like six or seven games and they're going to get stuck in permanent yep. just mediocrity. And it's not like the jets were going to be allowed to get another quarterback and maybe even hire a new head coach in two years. And yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, what's going to be hilarious. They're going to win on Sunday. They're going to beat the Broncos. They're going to go into Denver. The Wilson's going to look. Yeah, that's we're doing all of this, this pain and, and consternation and, the PTSD of what comes with being a Jets fan, they're going to win on Sunday. You calling it? Well, I 
that other pod I did, they made me predict the whole fucking season. And I oh, was shit. like, well, so like, I was like, I don't know. Nobody's hurt yet. I have yeah. no idea what to predict. <laughs> we have no idea if like, anyone looks good. Yeah. yeah. I know it's, the Jets well, are going to beat the Eagles in week 14. We used okay. to do that. Why not? Yeah. We used yeah, to do that. We used to do that. Jesse and I we don't do it anymore. Pick records. Jesse and I picked the records just to be on the safe side. Oh, so what'd you guys pick? I picked, twelve. I picked six and 11. We're in the same yeah. ballpark. I picked six and 11. So yeah. yeah. You got to pick some wins. And the problem is, I really like what I've seen out of uh, Denver on both sides of the ball right now. They're a sneaky. They're a sneaky Aaron Rodgers team where he, when he goes there next year, like they're going to do exactly <laughs> what they did with <laughs> with uh, with uh, the Tim Peyton Manning all over again. Mm-hmm. It's going to be four years of another old quarterback winning them Super Bowls. <laughs> um, having said all that, like, I don't know. I wasn't overly like terrified of the Patriots on offense. I wasn't like we gave them the ball back. That's points. Mm-hmm. Why can't that be like, why can't the Jets go into mile high and hold Teddy two gloves, especially like Jerry Judy's not going to be there. Right. You know, yeah, Cortland Sutton is who put up five catches for 163 yards last week. Yeah, but not against the Jets secondary. So why can't the Jets defense hold them to 17 points and we get the second half of Carolina Zach Wilson for a full Rem- game? And you, you got to remember that the, the secondary in the Panthers game, they pretty much locked down DJ Moore for the majority of the game. There was Guys, a pretty sure Robbie Anderson's one. What, what is, what is this? I'm listening to right now. What is this optimism? Where is this coming from? <laughs> to Listen, stop it. Stop we, it. Said it <laughs> we said it within the first 10 minutes. If Zach Wilson even has a very, as a, a semi competent game on Sunday, that was a winnable game for the jets without a doubt. in any of our minds, that was the case. Yeah. Because and, the Patriots are bad. And so are the jets. We're bad. So the the Broncos are like, the Broncos are also bad. So we have a chance. We we may have a chance. They're a fake good team right now. And they're going to get exposed. Yeah. No, the Broncos are not good. And neither can't the the team team to expose them. Right. I agree. They can. They can. They can. Um, Can I say something, Claudio? Of course. It's your podcast. I can. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) It is. No, you're right. Uh, So all this jets doom and gloom has just, you know, got me thinking about stuff. And, um, I think for the first time in my life, the only team I have any excitement for is the Knicks, the New York yeah. fucking Knicks. My, how the mighty have fallen. How about them apples, right? The New York Knicks are the competent thing in my life right now. Like they're the like, Mets the, are currently losing. Okay? The, they are. Wait, the who? I don't, I don't know exactly. who you're talking about. I moved to Queens, Jesse. And like weeks later, the Mets decided they don't know how to win baseball games anymore. A one run, the What's most exciting up? thing that involved the Mets in the past like three to four weeks has been uh, Once Upon a Time in Queens, the 30 for 30. Oh, we can talk after. I have other. I, have, I haven't uh, finished yet. I'm only on episode oh, three. I have, contra- contra- I have some contrary thoughts about Once okay. Upon a Time in Queens. Okay. We can talk about that off air if you'd like. <laughs> we can. Um, um, but yeah, man, I mean, the Knicks are, they have the, and yes, Jets fans, you're going to have to sit through this. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, but for the first for the first time in oh, my man. life, like oh, and this really? is so this is like this is like so like tertiary, but like they're like tied for like the highest ranking in 2K. The Knicks. Yeah, they're the really? yeah, they're like tied with like two other teams to to like have like the 83 overall like regular like rosters or whatever. Hmm. This is this could be a fun team. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch them play. I don't know. Are they, they going to win a championship? Probably not. No, I don't think so. They're not good. Uh, I don't, I don't you just said it. They have the second best odds according to 2K. No, not there 2K. Is. Not odds. They're just they're just ranked 83 yeah. overall. Which means odds. I mean, 
If 2K said it, numbers never lie. Bingo. Um, and then Two also the other thing. One of those is a number. The other thing I want to say <laughs> is that our French prince. Um, I'm gonna miss him. <laughs> okay. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not listening. Best of luck in Dallas. I hope they trade the goofy birds. That way I could actually root for Dallas. But like, I'm so I'm not I'm, I was never like a Frank hater, but I'm also not like that Frank fan. You You're know, I'm no, I'm yeah. not that guy. That's the like, Frank if you just got a chance. The Frank army. He no, he's like the ninth best player on a mediocre team. <laughs> OK, <laughs> like if he goes to Dallas and he gets significant playing time, somebody got hurt. <laughs> That's what's going to happen in Dallas. And then like, he proves himself and he becomes the Frank whatever. No, he's not because somebody will get unhurt and then he'll sit the bench <laughs> Un- again. How do you get unhurt? <laughs> you heal. I, I don't know. Football, you get unhurt all the time. I don't know. The point being, I'm I wish Frank the best of luck. I'm glad we never have to have that conversation again. Just wait until he, he comes back. I swear back. to God, you know, it's going to be hilarious. <laughs> he's going to play against the Knicks and score 30 points. Yeah, which will yeah, be like exactly. the amount of points he scored in the month of April last year or something, you know? <laughs> anyway, all right. I so, do think the Jets legitimately have a chance on Sunday, by the way. I think they, I mean, I think they do, too. Yeah, that's what I was. Gonna, that's what I was I'm not saying. Say. They're going to get blown out by Denver or anything. I think, again, I think this is going to be one of those games that we hope that they go in and at least show competence show us that they're going in the right direction Connor, you're asking for a lot buddy I listen i can't stress this enough the rest of the team looked fine yeah on Sunday. they really did offense included you they said really it before did. the pod like if yeah. you take like it's a big thing to take out you take out the four interceptions and like everything nice. else looked good but like there was a there was a competent football game that could have been really close. There was a close game to watch if and and this is why I started with what I started with. If the Jets had a real backup quarterback, if you see him throw three picks in the first half and then say, listen, Rook, not your day. We're going to go with Fitzpatrick or Minshew or Cam or somebody in the second half that's just much more of a game manager. That's much more dependable. Correct. Like we were going to give him a shot. You're still our week three starter. Then like that would have been fine. But the Jets have decided would Zach it have Wilson's been fine? Gonna... I think so. Look what and, and I, think, and I say that, and I say that we have to wrap up soon. But I say that because I, I don't think it would have been fine. It would not have been fine in the New York media. The New York, New York media, like, like in a vacuum, that would have been fine. Yeah, but like, there's all these other, wrong. there's yeah. all these other things you have to like take into account here. Like, if you bench Zach Wilson, you get what Vaccaro wrote, but like. Every paper writes that every media outlet writes that. And it's 10 times more like vicious. Like it's it's you. so Vicaro then writes that. But the Jets still like show fight toward like, OK, so this, the process is still working. Right. You know, and like if, he, they would have been able to show on paper that it's been like, OK, so, yeah, it's our rookie who was fucking up on Sunday. But look at the rest of the team. Like imagine that. Imagine they do exactly that. What Claudio you, was just saying. You guys game, are. The game finishes 25 to 17 or something like that. Then you can be like, okay, so this isn't just same old Jets situation here. Uh, see, I, I, that's the thing, though. I think that the media is. Uh, what you're about to say, what you're saying is real. Like that, the the pressure from like to not be the headline of benching your your rookie quarterback in week two. That's real. It is. However, like having no backup 
is to me is wild. You know, well, that's because I think that this year is a strict evaluation season for everything. Like you did pay Corey Davis because you think that he can help your like you. You don't want to give your rookie quarterback nothing. You want to give him weapons to use to be able to show flashes or Mm. or hopefully, you know, in in a, a perfect world, I sustained success. Right. That's what you want. And in order to do that, you need weapons. We just saw with our last quarterback that we didn't give him any weapons. We didn't give him any protection and he was bad. So you're ho- like, that's best case scenario. You're hoping for that. Right. I don't know, man. It's just. Uh, the, the, the the media aspect of it, it's it's a very real thing. Yeah. And I, I think that they didn't they didn't get any veteran cornerbacks. They didn't get a veteran backup quarterback. They didn't get. Um, they didn't really like they added a uh, high upside um, like Carl Lawson didn't have a lot of sacks last year, but he had like the most QB pressures in the league. It was like a high upside, put him with a better defensive coordinator on a better, better defensive line. And the numbers are going to start to come right. They, they signed Sheldon Rankins, who it was a really, really high draft pick out of Louisville for the Saints and was really good for them. But he could never stay healthy. And he's looked really good so far since he's been healthy. Like you just watch the film. He's just dominant in, in the interior line. You know, they, they added all these different pieces in free agency. They added uh, Largus Joyner because they wanted to move him from nickelback to safety because when in, in Las Vegas, he was not a very good nickelback. But when he was with the Rams in L.A. and he played safety, he was really good. So like they made all these low risk, high reward picks uh, signings thinking all right we need to help our we need to help our our quarterback they they drafted uh michael carter in the third in the third or fourth round whatever it was uh for running back they added tevin coleman who knows the system they know they added all these different pieces to help zach wilson so i think this is a strict evaluation season i think this is like even if the the fans are going to be are going to be restless you know we talked about this ad nauseum the fans are going to be restless because they're tired of the losing they're tired of here. They're, they're, they're thinking, here we go again. Another rookie quarterback that we're going to ruin. You know, this, this offensive quarter doesn't know what he's doing. This head coach is benching our second round pick from last year. Yada, yada, yada. Every take a deep breath, relax, watch the jets. They're not going to win the super bowl this year. They're not, not going to make, make the playoffs. playoffs. They're, they're not going to make the playoffs. The divisional title for the wild card. Yeah. Like- they're not going to do any of How that. How dare you talk about my football team like this? They're <laughs> not going to lose know, another game ever again. But, but you, but you <laughs> know what they are going to do, Claudio? What? They're going to get better. You know how many wins they had last year? They had two. I was there. Two. <laughs> they had two. two wins last year. They yes. went two and 14. Now you get an extra game. You got an extra game this year. You think right? football is fun. <laughs> it's not fun anymore. You have, you have no, fun? not fun no, anymore. Not no, even a little not, bit. It's not fun anymore. Huh? Not, not a little fun. bit. Can I ask you a question before we get out of here? Because yeah. it was it's a team building question that I've been thinking about for pretty much like the whole off season. Because I don't know if they're going to do it or not, but it, it's something I think they should pursue. I've been looking at like what is the important step in how you build up a young quarterback and getting him a big wide receiver whether I'd rather it not be in like your top six picks, like what they did with Jamar chase, but I understand pairing Jamar chase with burrow and going from there. But like you look at putting Deandre Hopkins with Kyler Murray and how much of a weapon that is. I know you're going to ask Stefan Diggs and putting him with Josh Allen. Is there a guy that you've been watching and like, you know that that team's going to have cap hell in a little bit and potentially next year. And as a result, 
I can do you like, one better. All right, so who do you got? He's going to be a free agent after this season. All right, so who you got? Devontae Adams. So we're looking at the same guy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. When you started saying like big wide receiver, you pair him up, Diggs, and you said Diggs, and I'm like, Mm, he, I so know that's what, I know why I'm I know where he's going a, with this, buddy. I signed him in my Madden team already. All right, he's on the, he's, on the, he's already on the Jets. <laughs> so uh, that's why I'm not like that terrified about the wide receiver depth because I see like if this if this team wants wants to build the same way that all these other teams did, like you could even go down like the Mike Mike Evans route if mm. you'd like to, or a Hollywood Brown if they decide to retool. Um, or even like a Brandon Cooks. I have no idea what's going on in in Houston right Nobody now. Does. Like, Nobody does. Nobody does. He's still productive. Their like, most ex, their most uh, but he expensive would be player is like not playing for obvious reasons. And then you got Brandon Cooks, who seems Cooks. to put up points or put up yards and, and receptions, regardless of who his quarterback is. He, he'd be re, he'd be redundant on the team. I mean, Crowder will be a free agent after this year, yes. But you already have Elijah Moore, who you want to be your Brandon Cooks. He couldn't Guy. play opposite. Opposite well, side. You'd be so small then. Like you have Corey Davis, who's six three, six four, and then you have point, Elijah Moore, point. who's yeah. like five eleven. Like he's like not that was, huge. That was one of Wilson's biggest issues is that he was trying to throw throw like jump balls for Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore's like yeah, like five nine, five ten. He's he's not making those catches. Yeah. <laughs> My point is, I've started like Devonte Adams would be the dream, but like I've started right. just circling so dr- wide receivers to be like, you know what, that should be their offseason move. So next next year, the, the, we're going to be targeting the secondary in the first round. Um, there's like Derek Stingley Jr. There's a kid out of uh, Notre Dame, the safety, who is amazing, who made that uh, in week oh, yeah. one against. Do you see that play he made where he ran all the way across the field and dragged his feet for the interception? If you haven't, I forget his name, but like he it was one of the best defensive plays I've ever seen from a college football player in my entire life. It was unbelievable. So he's on my list. Um, th- there's a lot of really good secondary talent in college football right now, especially in this draft. The Jets aren't going to be good. They're going to have a high pick. And they also have another first round pick from Seattle. Uh, I don't think that they're going to use that second, that first round pick. Let me be clear. I don't safety, want them to. They I want traded them to, away the safety to get the pick. But yeah. I don't want them to use their draft competence. Like I, I'm good with. Get well, we're going to lose. We're probably going to lose Marcus May. We're probably going to lose him. Probably. I think at this point, I'm, I'm yeah. kind of resigned to the fact that he's going to go somewhere else. Right. So we're going to see how we're going to see how Hall does. We're going to see how Eccles does. We're going to see how Carter does. We're going to see how the secondary, the young guys do. You already lost Joiner for like I think the season, right? He's done. Um, he had like an elbow with the pec- to pectoral, I think, or right? Pectoral or elbow. So you're going to see, you're going to, you're going to be watching LSU and Derek, Derek Stingley Jr. You're going to be watching Notre Dame and that safety they have. You're going to be watching, uh, pro- I'm sure Georgia has an unbelievable cornerback and Bama, like all these different teams. You watch college football this year. Tree Castro fields out of Penn state, probably not gonna be a first rounder, but he's another name. Um, listen, they, they have a lot of holes still. So, they, they have a lot to do. Right. I that I think that your head's in the right place, though. I Devontae, just Devonte Adams, Devontae Adams, Allen Rob. Did Allen Robinson extend or was it just franchise tag? Franchise tag. Yeah. So like he could be an option. I think that he actually signed an extension, guys. Oh, did he? I didn't see that. Hold on. Jesse didn't just ruin my hold on. Jesse didn't just do that to me. We're all hitting it. We're all hitting. Uh, no, we're all. It is a uh, it is a. One year, seventeen million dollar. Yeah. Okay. Yo, fuck that. It's not guaranteed. He's gonna be a jet. 
No, this is a, this is a, this is a, no, this is a franchise tag. This is the average for wide. Oh, like the then top 10 I, wide I retract my fuck that. Never mind. Yeah, so he's on, he's yeah, on tag. He's and- on the tag and he'll be an unrestricted free agent next year. I'd love to bring Allen Robinson next to Corey Davis and Elijah Moore. That would be awesome. But like, you, you also need to, you know, address the secondary. You need to, I would rather, draft. I'd rather, I'd rather spend my free agent money on offensive line and, right. and yeah. second. And I just remember I, I will have PT. I think I said this to you last week, Jesse, I have PTSD over giving $70 million to a cornerback who decided right. to come oh, here. Yeah. I'm, I'm cool. With pay. Suck complete ass the entire I, time he was here. I, I am so. very down to pay Devonte Adams what he's worth. If we have the cap space and we are able to address other things, why are we on like year seven of like the Jets have all this cap space? Cap space. Yeah. Well, I don't <laughs> know what the Jets have. You know, maybe we'll bring a cap expert on next week and we'll figure there that out. But uh, Mets just lost, guys. Of course they did. <laughs> all right, Claudio. Uh, last thoughts before we head out. Yeah. So I have a brand new podcast called Final Review that I think. Yes, Everybody should go and listen to every week. We take a different movie considered one of the all time greats and we dissect it and try to, to add a numeric value to its greatness. So if you haven't listened um, to qualify, a movie has to be certified fresh and rotten tomatoes, have at least one Oscar nomination or um, made at least one hundred million dollars at the box office domestic adjusted for inflation. You have to hit two of those three categories and then we go through 10 different categories um, to d- d- evaluate its greatness. So I'll just, I'll do this real quick between you two. So Connor, name a movie you consider all time great that might hit those two of those three qualifications. Good fellas. Good. Fe- mm. um, movie we will be doing soon on Connor Review. Uh, Jesse, name an all time great movie. Any movie. Avengers Age of Ultron. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me specify an all-time great movie that is actually sorry, that will qualify that meets our uh, our qualification. I'm gonna need the face I made screen capped because I I just looked I, I didn't know what the face I was making. I looked at my uh-huh. box. And I was like, that's the stupidest face I've ever made in my whole life. I was like, what is he gonna say? He's gonna say I've never. <laughs> I've never seen this, you know, uh, the Godfather. There you go. The Godfather movie I made you watch. So the age of Ultron wasn't always in your palate. Anyway, uh, how do we can? It's actually weird. We can actually compare Goodfellas yeah. to the Godfather yeah. really well. But actually, like what's greater, what's better? So for uh, Goodfellas, we go through the 10 categories. Is it a top five Scorsese film? Is it a top five um Robert De Niro film? Is it a top five Ray Liotta film? Is it a top five mob movie? And say like it's five for each one. It gets five points for each category. Mm-hmm. Say it's three in third place for each one. It gets three points for each category and so on and so forth. Okay. We add up our scores at the end and then double it and that's its percentile because it's out of 50. So if Goodfellas is 33 out of 50, that's the 66th percentile, which if for you that makes sense at the end, you know, we're at, we're not saying like it's the 66. It's the, out of 100. It's a 66. We're right. saying in the 66 percentile of this Hall of Fame of movies. That's where Goodfellas would be. So this is like, this is the best of the best. This isn't yeah, like we're ranking Hall of Famers. Worst. Yeah. Right. So the way I've put it is think of quarterbacks. Like, how do you compare like Kurt Warner to Fran Tarkington? Well, you go through one has a movie all the and one doesn't. 
You go through all of the quarterbacks <laughs> and you try to rank them by actually providing numeric value. So we've done four movies. All four of the uh, Pantheon scores at the end have been have felt right. Like, yeah, I would put that at about that point. We did the social network, the Dark Knight. Um, we did Raiders of the Lost Ark coming out, I guess, the same day that you're listening. to. Oh, this is coming out Wednesday, right? Yeah, yeah. It should be. Oh, should so be. coming out tomorrow, we'll be doing Pulp Fiction, Quentin Tarantino's 1994 masterpiece. A very fun episode. So that's Thursday. It'll be coming out Thursday, uh, Thursday morning. We drop but Thursday at around 7 a.m. We drop our episodes. So nice. that final review, check us out. I think it's, it's a really cool concept and a really fun pod. And we also we have a letterbox for all the movies that we mentioned throughout the episode that you can check out when you're listening to it. And uh, I think people will enjoy it. And guys, it is always great to come back and, and talk Jets with you, too. This is this is my my home sweet home here at Gotham Sports Network. Claudio, I'm not listening to your podcast until you review the Kurt Warner movie. God damn, you're never <laughs> listening to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, if you want to uh, if you want to listen to any of the other podcasts in the Gotham Sports Network family of podcasts, you can do so. You just go to GothamSN.com. You can find them there or you can find them uh, on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud or Stitcher. Uh, wow, I got that was like the cleanest I've ever done it, by the way. Uh, two people right in here that would just you know laugh at me as I screwed those up. Well, Claudio, you were you were saying those usually, not me, but uh you nailed it, Jesse. I did. I nailed it. Um, if you want to find any of our content at Gotham Sports Network, you can do so at GothamSN.com as well. Find us on Twitter at GothamSN. Folks, any final thoughts? Oh, you were signing off. I, I No, I don't have any. No, that <laughs> no, was it. Yeah. Now we're, you really have to yeah. cut. Now we really have to cut all this. Yeah. Uh, none, Jesse. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you, Claudio. Anytime yeah. you want to come back on, buddy. Claudia, we'll have you on later in this season and we'll uh, we'll see what we, we'll, we'll we'll do a little recap of, of how this episode went and we'll see what's changed. We'll do a little uh, then and now. I'm going to make it a point to see that Kurt Warner movie <laughs> before we <laughs> before I come back on just so I can talk about it with you guys. Yes. Perfect. There All right. Go. Thanks, guys. Peace.